Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Justin. Lanny. And this is Amazeballs! Ah, I'm all covered in sand. I think I have a sunburn. Yeah, man, sand sucks. So there's no day at the beach. I was a ghost there once! Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Rhymey tiny, that corn pone malaki's gotta be an act. What do you mean corn pone? Relax, soldier. Rule number one, never let a city boy get you dope in a card game. And rule number two, never shovel guff on a guy that's twice your size. You got a point. Uh, you got a point. We have a special guest today that we, like, uh, Lainey. Hola, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we got a special episode, too. We're we're back in war times. Right. Uh, some of the best episodes we've featured have been during war times. Like, Steven uh, Spielberg likes his war movies. Yeah, and this one's almost like a prequel to Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it's not the D-Day invasion we found out. It's, uh... It's them storming the beach. Yeah, totally. Right it's, before, like, one of those people in there got... Stuck, and his name was Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really liked about this is we saw the um, leading up night to the beach attack. Mm -hmm. And it was also in black and white. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. It was very well done. Yeah, the, the light, lighting. Yep. The lighting was really good the whole time. There were a lot of really nice angles and like depth of field shots. Right, you could see stuff going on in the background. Let's not forget that wonderful Yank magazine that was placed. Oh, you caught that right away. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that's a real magazine. Right? It's the Army Weekly or Monthly. Yeah. It said um, it was made in 1942 is when it was first published. Nice. And I thought it was just a masturbation joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Steven Spielberg's early work, so he's he's putting the tight jokes in there. The ones that are Army Megs and called Yank. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, we start on a boat, a big battleship full of soldiers going to... Really young soldiers. Soldiers, yeah. Uh, like 17, 18 maybe. I don't even know what the enlistment age was then. It could have been lower. Yeah, no idea. I believe it would probably be around teenage age, 16, 17. 16, 16 to... Uh, in fact, that's what the Yank magazine uh, said. It was to enlist other soldiers in, which mm -hmm. is kind of... Interesting. Uh, they mentioned at one point the guy has a wife waiting at home who's 17 and several months pregnant. Right. And tiny. Uh, of course, is the biggest guy there. When is that going <laughs> to become overplayed? It's like fucking everything. Well, not in the 40s, because that's when this is set. Um, and I kind of like this buddy dynamic they're building up at the beginning. They, they're all playing poker. And uh, there's like a direct spotlight over them. Really cool ship interior shots. A lot of metal and smoke going off behind them. Steam. Yeah, built up, uh, built up the camaraderie for the most part. There's one guy. Tiny. Who, no, not tiny. <laughs> oh, tiny no. was part of the group. Okay. The guy who got picked. Art was Arnold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tiny is the big Texan dude, right? Yeah. Tiny was the big guy. So obviously he wasn't the one getting picked on because <laughs> that's not how life works. <laughs> Well, he even points that out. He's like, don't pick on someone twice your size. The guy's like, you got a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes you wonder how he got the nickname Tiny. Because every big person ever gets called, like, Tiny or Pipsqueak. Or, She's making a dick joke, Justin. Yeah. Let her make it. I know. 
don't be a cock joke blocker. <laughs> uh, but this is definitely Steven Spielberg. We had to double check a few things, and yeah, he's did Saving Private Ryan. He did Schindler's List, which is originally what this made me think of because it's black and white. It's World War Two, and there are some really dark parts in it. Yeah, this well, like all the war ones, uh, like Alamo Job. Um, the great with, airplane one. Yeah, the one with Kevin Costner and Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that one was in color. Yeah. Well, that one was like an hour long. We don't know what war that was either, I don't think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably the same. Nondescript airplane war. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we often like to talk about how this is the proving ground for a lot of ideas, and definitely both Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List, possibly others. Oh, yeah, you could definitely see it. Mm-hmm. And it's good on its own. Like, it stood up. There's that camaraderie they build up. And then there's the uh, really dark night leading up to the battle the next day. Yeah, everyone's pretty tense. Which, is, I mean, obviously, because they're about to go into combat. I think probably for the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Maybe not for some of them. It seems like maybe Charlie Sheen's character had gone in before. Was he the guy sitting there cleaning his gun when they no, were all talking? No. Okay. Um, Charlie Sheen was the one who gave uh, the guy that everyone was picking on. Uh, he's the one who kept telling him not to pick on him mm-hmm. and gave him a piece of chocolate. Yeah. The other guy never really said anything. Because the other there's one guy who's selling chocolate at a highly inflated price. Well, yeah, because... <laughs> Well, one of them wanted one of them wanted to be a movie producer. He wanted, he's going to be like he's going to write a big time movie, and then there were uh, two guys that were from like New York, that Tweedledum were, and Tweedledee. Yeah, they were just like yeah. knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. And that one, one of them was the one who he wanted. He was focused on money. Yeah, he was. Kind so of he always wanted to play swindler. poker. He always wanted. To, he was the one selling candy for exorbitant <laughs> prices. <laughs> and Not even full candy bars. He was like selling like sections the squares, of candy yeah. bars. Well, you got to ration it on a battleship. Yeah, you don't have income outcome. Yeah, I, I understand, but still. <laughs> um, what I really liked about this scene was how they keep picking on this guy. And it's like, bro, you're going into combat the next day, and he has to have your back. Right? And they're like, oh, 52 pickup. <laughs> all sorts of things. They, like, throw, like, they, uh... Toss all those cards at his face. Yeah, well, they, they throw, throw food in his face. They throw yeah. food in his face. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's trying to go to sleep, they, like, pull him out of bed and, like... <laughs> um, they, like, like pull on his sheet and, like, bounce him up and down. This is the kind of stuff you think you'd run into in basic. Not the night before a battle. Right. Like, he's got to have your back. He's just going to be pissed off. He's going to shoot you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He compressed a lot of this uh, kind of team building into a small segment of the episode. Well, it was directed by a female. Oh, okay. Who was the director? Uh, Leslie... Edit. edit. This will be an edit. <laughs> uh... Leslie Linka Gladder. Say it again. Leslie Linka Gladder. Okay, cool. And she's directed a ton of TV, we found out. Yeah, she's been in like one or one to two episodes in like everything. Like mm-hmm. Walking Dead, Justified, Weeds, Weeds uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, forever. <laughs> and she did great. Yeah, this um, is a really good episode. The pacing's really good, the setup. Uh, the beach scene. It's crazy. That's totally saving Private Ryan. Like I would, I would agree. For so sure. It definitely yeah, it looked would. a lot like it's it. It's very D-Day. And it's full of action. Like, 
first we start off on this night that's kind of fun and jovial, and then it gets really dark when that guy tells his dead dad story. Yeah. And then right away the next day, it's like building drama, they're going to the beach, and explodes into action. It's really cool. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed watching that. Two thumbs up. So they uh, get to the beach. A bunch of people get shot right away when they put the hatch down. And all these guys are hunkered really low on this boat, and there's those two guys standing way up tall. And I was just like, don't you want to get down? Oh, man, they got to see where they're going. No, go straight. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody get low, go straight, and just hit the beach. I don't know. (laughs) I would say my favorite scene was that part where they were just playing hot potato with the bomb for a moment. Yeah. The (laughs) ghost and the Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Nazis know they're playing hot potato. Amazing Stories does like to do uh, your not-so-typical ghost stories. They do. And um, we've said before, we've seen these, but we rarely remember the twist. It's been a while. So in this one, we were like, have they said... Who the enemy is. Okay. Yeah, so we're, I was thinking, like, while we are watching, I'm like, they're making it look like it's they're fighting the Germans, but maybe it's, like, lizard men. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be a really Twilight Zone Yeah, twist. I figured we would have remembered if that was the case. Because mm-hmm, some of them I remember. But, uh, no, it is, it's the German Nazis. And they're storming a beach in Italy... Um, they come across a, a, a bunker with like a cannon and a bunch of machine guns. Lots of people in it. This is one of those episodes with a lot of deaths really quick. And I, Almo Job was like that too. Like mm-hmm. just right off the bat, you have people getting shot, people getting stabbed. Except in Almo Job, it was like pretty much just like focused on him. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it was a whole know, beach. Like it was all, it was showing like mass scale. No blood. Uh, no real gore at all. I mean, there's grenades going off, and people, they're flying through the air, but there's no, like, limbs severed. Right, and there's no blood squirting out of anywhere. Yeah, it's still primetime friendly, I guess, for the 80s. Lots lots of death, though. Yeah, lots of death. Yeah, they find this uh, bunker pillbox, and there's a giant cannon shooting out of it, and a bunch of machine gun fire, and they're pinned down. And this is whenever a captain gets the worst idea ever. <laughs> hey, oh, God, I'm, let's just fun. charge it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. To his benefit, he tries the radio. It doesn't work. Then he throws a grenade for some cover smoke. But then he just goes and runs straight at it. <laughs> and gets killed. Yeah, immediately. Immediately gets killed. Like, the guys were behind him. They were like, yeah. And then they saw him dying. They're like, okay, let's hide. Let's just stay here. <laughs> And a couple more people run out. But then Arnold runs out. And he rushes straight up the hill. Yeah, it works. They miss him. Yeah, they <laughs> sure do. They, they miss him. It's because he's incorporeal. <laughs> now, do you think they're firing at him? Like, did we see bullets hitting around him? Or was that just machine gun fire kind of at... We didn't ever actually see, like, actual impact on, like, hardly any other Because he was shooting the whole time he was running, too. And they were providing cover fire. He got up there, he throws the bomb in, they throw it out, he gets it, he throws it back in, it blows up, and then he gets just, up on top. I just would have loved if they, like, kept that going a little bit more. I guess it would have been more of, like, a gag at that point. 
where like he throws it in, the guy throws it back out. Yeah, he throws it back in. Playing. Yeah, the guy throws it back out again. They're just like the, to he, the point where they're just like standing in the like. <laughs> no, no. Back and forth. He throws it in. The Nazis run out. He runs in. He throws it out. The Nazis throw it back in. Yeah, yeah you get a whole Benny Hill kind of thing going on, but. I wonder if they could see him because all of a sudden this huge bomb pack we is in the window. We never actually saw the Nazis the no. whole episode. No, we got Nazi cam on one of those guns. Yeah, we saw their gun, but we never actually saw the bo- like the people they were fighting. We did. No, oh, whenever he shot him down. Because here's kind of the first, like I guess second, amazing thing. Like First he runs up this hill without getting hit. Then immediately after it explodes, he's on top of it. And a troop of soldiers run up and he just mows them all down mm-hmm. like seven guys and he now he has an automatic rifle he yeah. had a semi when he was running up like a like a whatever m16 but then he's on top of it and he's just spraying bullets all around and they come down the hill they talk to the the captain of the sergeant the one who got hit on the boat they don't notice that he's not there anymore though well, they do they're like when is he gonna get here they don't go up the hill to meet with him they just come back Right, so they just figured he, like, looped around or something. Because he's a badass now. At first, <laughs> yeah. like, whenever they were coming down the hill, they were all talking about how he was, like... Oh, do we even just... <laughs> no. No, 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 that was the joke that I made. I figured he was, like... I was, like, what I thought was going to happen was... He was going to, it was going to, like, cut to him telling his grandkids a story. And, <laughs> and it was, like, I did all that. And they still made fun of me. <laughs> that was the moral of the story. Was, yeah. You can still break some necks and cause a massacre, but you still get picked on. <laughs> this is one of those stories where the hero is a hero because he kills a ton of people. Oh, yeah. That's war. <laughs> that is war. Um, yeah, they find out he's the host. He was never there. He, he never died made it off immediately. The boat. Yeah, fell in the water. He's the guy we see floating kind of by the boat. Immediately after upon getting there. Yeah, and there's another really sad moment where they take the letter out, and it's about all of them to his family. And they, you know, they were thinking, like, oh, God, this guy's going to, like, writing about how much we suck. (laughs) Because they were just relentless. Yeah. Besides Charlie Sheen and the guy who was cleaning his gun. And Charlie Sheen reads the letter out loud, and that's that's a pretty long letter. But that's it. Well, yeah, but he he's writes a glowing review of all of them. All of them. Like he's just talking about how much like he like they're all his best friends. This guy's teaching me how to play poker. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> gonna be an amazing director. By tossing someday. cards in my face. Yeah, <laughs> and stealing all my money. <laughs> uh, this guy doesn't talk much, but he seems like he'd be good to have on your side in a pinch. Yeah, because he's always cleaning his gun. <laughs> uh, I really like this one. It was definitely really good. I'd say it was good from all angles. Like, not only was the story good, but it was shot well. It was really interesting. I really liked the film work in this one. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of really good shots. And the pacing was just spot on. I'd even say, like, the theme of the clothing was well done. Like, the way that the style of the helmets, the way they were dressed in military. That's, I mean, it's like that... Pretty much all the time on this show. The production value is so high for the time. Like the only time, the only episode of this. And I know I keep bringing this one up, but the costuming was awful. Was those ball sack aliens? Oh, <laughs> like that I was thought you were like, gonna say Alamo Joe again. I was like, what do you mean? It was eighties fashion. No, that one. Of was course, great. it was terrible. No, that <laughs> one was great. But like, no, it's those freaking ball sack aliens. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Why? That was a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, 
if you're writing emails about that one, you can stop right now. We know it was bad. <laughs> uh, so how did you like your first episode, Lainey? I would say it was very good. Cool. Well, we were glad to have you on. and Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, for sure. Do you have anything you want to announce or pitch while you're here, plug? Um, other than I was a ghost one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you want to contact Lainey, um, pull out your Ouija board. <laughs> right. This Suggest having more than one I person. I might be able to bail you out of a war. No, nah, if you have one person, you can pretend also. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. easier to pretend with two people, but you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Come on. Who's going to have friends that listen to yeah, this? Yeah, be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Amazeballs. Yeah. Uh, next week, what's our episode? Uh, one for the road. Good one. It's so weird because it's based on a true story. Yeah, it's, I remember this one. It was, it was good. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Adios. Bye.